Next on BYU Sports Nation, the drive for five straight wins takes BYU to the national spotlight on Friday night. An NFL Hall of Famer on how BYU football makes the most of that opportunity. The radio voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell, joins us live in studio to preview the Boise State-BYU showdown at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Plus, Boise State head coach Chris Peterson on the growing legend of Taysom Hill, and we throw down in big deal or no deal. now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to your Wednesday, sports friends. It is October 23rd. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your busy day. BYU on the verge of becoming bowl eligible after just eight games. Now they can clinch that postseason berth against Boise State, one of the most accomplished programs in FBS history. Also a team that BYU has failed to beat in three previous opportunities. We'll debate some of those headlines in Big Deal or No Deal. And what is your anchor name, BYU Sports Nation? Take your middle name and the street you grew up on. Jerem's name is bombastic. Tate McClanahan. <laughs> you, you said this to me earlier this morning, jokingly, and then we, we put it on Twitter. We've received a ton of response, which has been really fun. So send us your, in addition to weighing in on our poll question, which we'll tell you in a moment, weigh in on what your anchor name is, your middle name plus the street you grew up on. Yeah, well, we'll get at some of our favorites. Uh, by Pretty the way, I, I am Kent North. Kent North. That's that, sounds like a, that sounds like a weather guy, doesn't it? And with weather, Kent North. You're Tate McClanahan, the news guy. I'm Kent North, the weather guy. Ben Bagley is our sports guy. Royal Cove. Royal Cove. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and, of course, on Dish Network Channel 980. The show is on demand every afternoon at YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. That's how you listen each day, and this is how you join the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question. What does BYU need to do on Friday to impress the nation? Win by 17 plus? I've heard that one before. Taysom Hill goes over 400 yards total offense? Score 40 plus? Or hold Houston under 21 points? Weigh in at BYU Sports Nation. No more 17 plus. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't work out so well last time. For me, I'm going to say they just... They just need to win, first and foremost. But uh, if they hold Boise State under 21 points, I think a lot of a lot of people will pay attention to BYU. And especially because Friday didn't night... last year in that scenario. If they had won, if they had beaten Boise State... See, see holding Boise State under 21 points, it is, I'm a, is that assuming BYU scores more yes. than 21? Okay. Yes. That's assuming BYU wins and holds Boise State, one of the nation's... High-scoring, powered offenses since 2000. In fact, I think they're the highest-scoring team in FBS since 2000, just over 40 points a game. BYU holds Boise State under 21 and wins. How do you not pay attention to that? Right. And in your tweets, uh, we'd love to know where you're listening to the show. So if you can, try and include that. I know it's only 140 characters, but this is BYU Sports Nation, and we uh, we love our listeners all over the North American continent and all over the world for that matter. So if you have room, fit it in. We'd love to hear where you're tweeting us from and where you're listening. My friends, we are discussing BYU-Boise State. And again, BYUtvsports.com, how do the Cougars Really take it to Boise State and impress the nation. Vote. We'll have those updated results for you in just a bit. For now, we rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. In the spotlight, 
you need to perform. When we're on TV, we need to we need to play good football. We don't have to win all the time. We need to play good football. And we need to be exciting. People signed up BYU for, for excitement. Former BYU All-American quarterback, NFL Hall of Famer, and ESPN analyst Steve Young says BYU... Look, you got to have an exciting brand of football to get it done. And the Cougars certainly provided that against Houston on Saturday. The only, the only tough thing is it was a wild day of college football. And so even though BYU and Houston put up 93 combined points, they, they were kind of down the list in, in terms of crazy games because the nation was out of control on Saturday in college football. So you keep doing it. You, and, and on a Friday night against Boise State where you're the – the main game on the night. I love Friday games, by the way. I wish BYU could play a Friday game all the time. That's that's how Boise State became Boise State. They were on ESPN and they were winning. And then when they had big games, they won them. I love that model. BYU, if BYU could be like Boise State in terms of how much they win and the style of play, they would be even bigger than, than what they are right now. And I think that's kind of the next step is continue to win and do it in an exciting way. And if Taysom Hill can... He's not going to put up those kind of numbers every week. But if he can be consistent, BYU wins, and he shines, that helps. There's winning, there's star power, and then there's style. That's how you get national relevance. And BYU has the star power right now. Not only on offense, but on defense. I mean, Kyle Van Noy generates a lot of traction for the BYU football program and, and what he's done and how consistent he's been, and especially with the added pressure and the double teams and all that stuff, he's still found a way to succeed. So, yeah, you need your star players to play well, and BYU has had that over the past few games. Now, going back to what Steve Young said, he said that BYU doesn't always need to win, but they need to play well. So he didn't say, look... To get national attention, you have to win every football game, although that helps, obviously. Even when you lose, you need to lose with style. And, uh, you know, as much like as. Like Boise State did exactly. to Fresno State, 51 50, right? 41 40. 41 40. They lost by one. Fresno State's still undefeated, ranked 15th in the country. But you still have street cred for how well you played. Boise State's not ranked, but they have major street cred nationally. So if BYU can beat them, and BYU has to play the reverse game of 2012. That was that was one of the poorest played games BYU's ever played. They had 81 passing yards. Uh, they score. Taysom Hill scores a rush late, uh, but the BYU defense didn't allow an offensive score from Boise State. BYU's got to really play well. And then uh, now we're talking BYU at six and two if they win bye week. Wisconsin coming up. This is a big. Big couple of weeks for BYU football. I know some people think it's Friday night. That's it's still high school football. Come on, stop. There's no comparison. If you have an ESPN spotlight and you're playing Boise State, you're the only game on. Guess what? Most college football coaches and teams are doing around the country in their hotels, watching you. They're watching BYU and Boise State voters watching you. Guess what? ESPN Game Day. Uh, the crew there is doing. They're watching you because they're going to run your highlights the next day on their nationally syndicated college football pregame show. And they're going to do it because Boise State's involved. You would hope they'd do it because BYU's involved. But if BYU beats Boise State, there is major love nationally. Six, so big. Six and two. You become bowl eligible after beating Boise State. You've won five straight games. And all of a sudden, again, you're in the top 25 discussion. So yeah, perform well. Take advantage of this Friday night spotlight, and it will mean great things for BYU football. Topic two. Coach speak. Here's Boise State head coach Chris Peterson on Taysom Hill's running style and mentality. What I think about Taysom is that he's like he's like a running back. I mean, he, he, he's going to break tackles. Not only can he outrun you, 
but he's going to break tackles. I mean, they, they run him all different sorts of ways, and he didn't bat an eye. I mean, he's, he's kind of got that linebacker mentality, and he goes. How many quarterbacks do you know that a Division One accomplished head football coach would compare to a linebacker? Taysom Hill is a special athlete, and Chris Peterson knows it. Everybody knows it now. What he did against Texas and then watching what he did against Houston, yeah, Taysom Hill is a special player. No, duh. We, we all got it. And I think Chris Peterson is probably borderline man crush on Taysom Hill right now after what he's done. And he's from Idaho. What a yeah! I'm I'm most impressed uh, by Taysom Hill's ability to have two very different games like that, to rush for two fifty nine and one. He's not uh, he's he could be sort of Denard Robinson esque, uh, but hopefully with more longevity and bigger performances in big games. He's stronger, bigger, yeah, he's more durable. We compare him to Steve Young. He's stronger than Steve Young. Steve Young told us that on BYU Sports Nation a couple weeks ago, and Chris Peterson acknowledges. How good Taysom Hill is. And he's got a guy that he's hoping is like Taysom Hill. And, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to hear more from Chris Peterson t- uh, Friday, as well as your one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall. So that's coming up later in the week. But Chris Peterson certainly, and everybody, uh, I think, realizes the potential that Taysom Hill has. And BYU fans' eyes were opened up to, hey, remember that guy, that, the quarterback against Virginia? It's a di- that's a different guy. That, that is- guy is so... Far back there, it's it's crazy. That 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 guy. Yeah, who who played against Virginia? Uh, not Taysom Hill. That was Taysom Hill's long lost brother. Or even last year against Boise State when Taysom Hill came in, he was basically rushing the ball every time. Twelve twelve uh, rushes for seventy two yards, and, or something. And yet he still almost won the game for BYU. Hey, rookie, get in there. We're at Boise State, seven nothing. Go win us the football game. By the uh, way, okay. on the pregame show, we highlighted him as the only guy from Idaho and whatnot. And so we get some live shots from our camera. The shot that we got was him practicing PATs. <laughs> I was like, what's going on out there? You're the backup quarterback. He kicked, he kicked in high school. That's why I was doing that. I think it's just to relax. But I was like, PATs, we're talking about you as a quarterback. I would love to see that footage. There's Taysom Hill, dynamic quarterback athlete, kicking Boop. extra points. Boop. <laughs> Chris Peterson also is a smart guy. I mean, he's 89 and 10. He is 89 and 10. He's all right. An 89% win percentage. Okay. He's going for win number 90 against BYU, his 100th game as head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Uh, hands down, the best winning percentage in FBS right now. He looks at what BYU did against Houston, and a lot of people are like, yeah, they won, but they gave up 46. And he's like, eh. Not so fast. You got to look beyond the box score. Yeah, they they kind of they had a lot of uh, things line up for them. Uh, you know, the return to kickoff, and there was a lot of scoring in the first quarter slash half, and then not much going on in the second half. But they, you know, they hit a long pass that kind of looked like the offense. Houston did look like the offensive pass interference to me. Um, you know, they picked one off and ran it back. So it was kind of some weird, weird different stuff. And then they got a, a touchdown late where the quarterback scrambled around and found a guy, and then he reversed his feet. So it, was, it wasn't like they were marching down the field on these guys. I mean, they gave up 21 points a game and not a whole lot of yards. I mean, it, it is a very good stout defense. You know what Chris Peterson sounds like, Jerem? Sounds like me. On Monday. <laughs> An, a BYU apologist. Well, there was a P.I. and, you know, they had some <laughs> weird plays. Third and 22 happened. 
That sounded like me when I was explaining why BYU didn't beat Houston by 17-plus. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thou shalt never say 17-plus again I'm on the say, airwaves of BYU Sports I'm going to say it for Nevada. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> and don't, Idaho, don't Idaho State. It. I'm going 37-plus. Okay, I will give you Idaho State. I'll give you the FCS game. Okay? Fine. You can have that one. I can't but have no, Nevada? You can't have Nevada. What? No! No, don't do it. Nevada almost lost to Air Force, who's 0-6. Right? Come on. Anyway, it's not about Nevada. It's about Nevada's old rival, Boise State. So Chris Peterson is well aware of the development of that game. I'm sure he's seen the game film a number of times. And uh, we'll, we'll, of course, have more from the coach on Friday, as Jaron mentioned, as well as more from my one-on-one sit-down interview with Bronco Mendenhall. Chris Peterson, Bronco, a couple of close friends. They don't really like to play each other, uh, which is interesting because they're in year two of a 12-year contract. Um, so if you didn't want to play, why sign on for 12 years? I don't know. But you love the game, and so do I. It's a great matchup each year. So Chris Peterson and Bronco Mendenhall will face off two of the more accomplished coaches in the Division One game right now. We move on in What's Trending to Topic 3, Protect Taters. Topic 3. There were some breakdowns, um, some things that, that were overshot, that were seen that uh, we have to work on. Um, you know, eight sacks is completely unacceptable. Uh, and we know that, and we're, we're having a huge emphasis on that this week. Garrett Tuje, the offensive line coach for BYU. The Cougars allowed eight sacks against Houston, and Coach Tuje was going to lose his mind on the sideline. I mean, I talked to him after the game, and as happy as he was that BYU got it done, that poor guy, I mean, I, I was watching his body language, and he, he's animated anyway. But I think that guy lost some serious weight after the Houston game because he was, whew, he was he was worn out. All the coaches worn out. That guy had a workout uh, ripping into his offensive line and, and then encouraging when they did something good. And it was just a wild emotional game. But let's face it, eight sacks, you got to do something about that. That does not happen. Yeah, 115 plays, first off, ties an FBS record. So my question is, how many sacks is reasonable to think is going to happen with that many plays and being that tired? And I know BYU played 10 offensive linemen, but according to Jake Edmonds at Cougazool, he's our stats guy, one of our reporters, uh, students, does a really good job. Tuesdays, he always creates a post that looks back statistically at the game just played and the game ahead. He said that during the Bronco Mendenhall era since 2005, eight sacks is the most allowed in a game by BYU, period. The previous high was four. Four? Yeah. Uh, I still have some concerns, not just from Houston, but on the season as a whole. BYU started six different sets of offensive linemen in seven games. I like to adjust, but I at this point, I, w- I want to have some stuff figured out, right? And then different starters by position. Left tackle, three. Left guard, two. Center, two. Right guard, four. Right tackle, four. Who starts isn't necessarily uh, the most important thing. It's who plays the most, but I don't know. I, I think the BYU offensive line is... It, has got to figure some things out. And like Garrett Tujay said, he said it's unacceptable. I'm I'm glad that he acknowledges that, and of course he does, because that's his group. They do, they do a, a decent job, but there's times where in critical situations where you've got to pro- hashtag protect taters, like you said, so that BYU can in these make some third-down conversions and make plays. If BYU loses this game, the O-line is the first thing we're going to talk about. But because BYU wins, it's the fifth or sixth thing. 
Okay, well, let me, let me ask you this. What's, what's an okay mark? If you're running more plays than you've ever run as a program, what is acceptable in giving up sack? Is three? Is that okay? Is that I too many? Some are going to happen. You know, Taysom will hold the ball a little bit or whatever. I don't know. Three or four? At 115 plays? It's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? right? You know, and you have to look at it that way. If you're going to run more plays, there are going to be more opportunities for you to get sacked, uh, for your quarterback to take hits. So you can't look at it without understanding that, yeah, there's more plays, and so there's going to be more opportunities to make a mistake or have something not go the way you want it to. So right now, I, I think if BYU runs 100 plays and gets sacked three times, that's not, that's not terrible. Up next, the, the radio voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us in studio. We're talking Boise State and BYU. How do the Cougars generate more national publicity and get back in the top 25? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Let's update the poll results. What does BYU need to do on Friday to impress the nation the most? Right now, win by 17-plus. Followed by Hold Boy State under 21 points. They're going to go back to the 17 category again? Yeah, everybody. 17, baby. That's the number. Remember how that worked out so well? <laughs> Man, Jerem. <laughs> we got this game. He's a 17 plus. I'm not worried. We got it. We, got, we own these guys. You can listen to our next in-studio guest right here on BYU Radio. He is the radio voice of the Cougars, all things BYU sports. And we welcome Greg Rebell back to the show. Greg, what's up, man? What is up, Spencer and Jerem? First off, let's get to this uh, anchor name that we've been yeah, tossing around Twitter. Yeah, we need to rehash that. Okay, so uh, you, take your, you take your middle name and then the street you grew up on. So what is way, your name? Uh, how, how and where did you stumble upon this protocol? Well, mis- Mr. New Sports Anchorman of six years, Spencer Linton, <laughs> informed me of this this morning. We just got <laughs> laughing about it. Was this it. something they, they, they talk about in the newsroom, like everyone knows this now? Is that what happens? Or? I, think, yeah, I think I first heard it in Colorado in my first, in my first newsroom and, and just kind of went with me. So Jeremy and I just happened to be talking about it this morning, and, and Jeremy threw it out on Twitter. And it just you mean went, Tate McClanahan? Yeah, that's right, Tate McClanahan and Kent and North. Kent North were discussing, mm-hmm. and, uh, and now, yours is? now we have another fan joined by Alan Deercroft. <laughs> Alan Deercroft, what, yeah. what, what did you tweet? you tweeted back and you said something about local live, live local and late breaking live local and <laughs> the funny yeah. thing is you have been a newsman. You've been, I, I you've, have been. That's yeah. why I broke into the business. So yeah, Alan Deercroft <laughs> uh, and your uh, basketball cohort on the radio, Mark, Mark Durant, Durant, is uh, an, oh, Boyd no, Boyd Westview. Yeah, Boyd Westview. Boy. With weather. We'd make a great pair, the two of us. We do make a great you do pair, make the two of us. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a football game this week or something. Oh, that's oh, right. And a, and a basketball and game And a basketball tonight. game, yeah. Cougar tip-off tonight. Mm-hmm. Greg Rebell will have the call on that on BYU Radio. Uh, Greg, let's... I will not. Oh, you will not? I'm going to start working until Saturday. Oh, that's right. You I'll have, be there. You I'll be the, there. I'm, I'm there tonight testing the gear, hanging out, chilling a little bit. I get to watch the game as a quasi-fan tonight. But, uh, yeah, start working on Saturday. That's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. How often does that happen? Well, every Cougar tip-off. Yeah. That's yeah. the only that, time. That, that, that's the one basketball game I actually sit and don't call. Yeah. Do you get to sit in your spot? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Get to warm the seat up, check out the gear. I'll, I'll plug things in and make sure everything's working so that Saturday you know, we don't have a disaster. But yeah. 
It's good to know things yeah. are still working mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. Greg, BYU in the national spotlight on Friday night against Boise State. It's, yeah. it's a unique scene uh, for the Cougars and a chance for them to really create some national waves, if you will, against a good program. Last ESPN appearance until the ball, uh, until the bowl game, I would presume. Uh, this is an ESPN game. I don't think they're on ESPN the rest of the way, so this is it for them uh, this year. And and I think BYU is probably, uh, probably two wins away, maybe a win and a bye week away uh, from getting back in the rankings. Uh, but, but this is kind of a linchpin game. If you don't win this game, you're likely going to drop down far enough that it may be you know, the last week of the season that you can find yourself back in the rankings. And, and BYU's, um, you know, once you get to your second loss and, and you're a non-AQ, um, you know, some goals have to be kind of restated or reevaluated. Some still remain, uh, and, and those are the ones to uh, you know get to get to double-digit wins. Um, get to a bowl game, win a bowl game, and finish the season nationally ranked. And I think all those things are still possible for BYU. You beat Boise State on ESPN, the Friday night showcase game. Uh, you, you'll, you'll get a bunch of votes on, on Sunday. You won't play the next week. That will give time at, you know, for t- some teams to, of course, uh, drop out uh, in the bottom five. And then the Wisconsin game, I think, becomes the game that I think BYU stakes its claim to a national ranking at Wisconsin if they win this Friday. And I think once that happens, they can then find themselves in a position to climb maybe in as high as top 15 by the end of the year because among their last games are a game at Notre Dame. And that's another national showcase game. If BYU were to win out, um, yeah, I, I think top 15 is totally doable at this point. You know, that, that's, a, that's a lot said. There are seven games up, five down to go. Uh, one is an FCS game. So four challenging games left. If they were to win all four, that's, that's top 20, top 15, I think. Greg Rubel, voice of the Cougars, uh, in studio here on BYU Sports Nation. When we look back at the Houston game, it, it, Robert and I told us in fall camp, it's going to take four to six games to really see what this offense can do. And I think we Texas, Texas seemed like an anomaly, but BYU took advantage and just crushed Texas for the defense that they played, and it was amazing. I'm, I was more impressed by the Houston game in terms of what BYU was able to do uh, with the the game being close, do it through the air, do it a little differently. Uh, how has this BYU offense developed through seven games so far, you think? The Georgia Tech game, which was game six, right? The first half of the Georgia Tech game was the closest, I thought, to what this offense should be looking like, Close, closest to maximizing its potential. The third quarter uh, represented a stumble in that game and, and, and really wasn't a schematic stumble, and it wasn't even a balanced stumble. They were still run past. People thought they just, they just ran the clock out. That wasn't the case. They actually had a pretty good run-pass balance. It was three third-down drops by receivers with balls in the hand that um, that that could have kept drives going and would have would have had that game feel a lot differently I think in the end but that was still again you know the, the fly in the ointment of Georgia Tech then you get to Houston and I mean I mean the first half was you know was pinball stuff and and so you know can they keep it going and then the third quarter they were shut out and, and so again there there are things to work on every week just to you know it is not quite there yet and and it's interesting they they haven't scored in I mean scoring in all four quarters of a game that says that you've got the offense. Humming along the way you'd like it to. Um, you know, if you're scoring seven to fourteen points in every quarter, you're going to be a high-scoring team, and you're going to be moving along. They've yet to score in all four quarters since Georgia Tech last year. Mm-hmm. So, so they, 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 there's room to improve. I mean, there, there are, there's at least a quarter a game in which things just aren't quite clicking. And for this season, to me, um, the element that that, that remains, uh, you know, yet to be placed into the puzzle is third down conversion. Uh, now they got 41 first downs last week, in large part because they got good gains on first and second down and didn't get to too many third downs. For the number of plays they had last week, there weren't too many third downs. Yeah, there were 21, but it was only about 17% of total plays when you think about how many plays they ran. What, when, I, when I think BYU is going to be, you know, 
where we want them to be or when they'll have made it, so to speak, in this first season of the new offenses when that third down conversion number is consistently at 50 or above. They've been at 33% or worse in five of their seven games. And that's not an I signature. Robert and I's signature was third down efficiency. And that's the missing link, I think, in the offense currently. As good as it is and as much as it's improving, and it is, I mean, it, it was humming last week. When it starts converting regularly on third downs, you'll know they've got it to where they want it. Let's go back to that Saturday Instant Classic at Reliance Stadium in Houston, Texas. BYU, unlike the recent past, they found a way to win a close game. They hadn't been able to do that for a long time, I believe, in games decided by a touchdown or less. Last season, through this season, one and six. They they, they were one and six in their last seven coming into this past week. So how much stock do you put into the fact that BYU, even though things didn't all go right and there were weird plays, that they found a way to win? Well... I think all you need to know about 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 the answer to that question is what Bronco told me. I I thought it was on the air. It could have been off the air, but I thought it was on the air Saturday uh, after the game. And I, I said, you know, the way this game was going, as many numbers as you were putting up, can you imagine not winning this game? He said. He said it would have been devastating, and devastating wouldn't have been a strong enough word. Hmm. I mean, he 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 just thought there's no way we can lose this yet. They trailed at halftime. They trailed after the third quarter, and and if if Houston converts a third down. On, that last, on, on their second to last, uh, in their second to last drive, the game could be over. Yeah. So that's how close it was. And, and imagine, you know, having having made 115 snaps, gained his almost 700 yards, all these great numbers, and not having gotten the result. That would have been hard to handle. And and it was a close game win. And and it's tough to tell, you know, how much of close games is all skill and how much is luck and good fortune because there was that stretch there where BYU won 14 consecutive games of seven points or fewer. That's very unusual to be that good in that many games and just win them all. And then for a while they weren't winning them all, and it was that one in six stretch. Um, you know, I, I think there is an element of, of good, good luck and good fortune to those close game victories. But it also says, do you have a guy or guys that can make the play at the right time? And there were too many games last year, I thought, and they were close games too. They were you know one possession games, one play games where the play just wasn't made. And I think where where BYU feels most confident this year is they've got a guy in Taysom Hill that if you need. That one play, uh, there's a real good chance he'll make it, and likely he'll be able to make it with his legs. He had uh, five third down conversions on his own last week. That is running for thir- uh, running for for first downs on third down. This was after going two straight weeks without converting a third down. They didn't need him that badly in this game. They did. So of, of the seven third downs they had converted for the game. It was two throws to Cody Hoffman, the consummate go-to guy, and then five runs by Taysom Hill, who is a go-to guy in his own right. And so that's how BYU got it done last week with their two most reliable offensive players. Gregor Bell, radio voice of the Cougars, is on BYU Sports Nation. Is BYU relying too much on Taysom? Bronco said the conversation with Robert and I at halftime last week was, is, is you know how much is too much? And it's almost a question you can't ask when you're in the midst of that close game trying right. to win it. Um, I, I, I think they will take every opportunity possible moving forward if there is a comfortable lead and if there is a way to give him some rest to do so. But in the midst of battle, um, he's got to be your guy. And, and they're asking a lot of him. But he's a guy it, physically, and, and in comparison to Riley, Riley was slighter. He was smaller. Um, and, and Taysom is a, I mean, Ross Oppo's quote on postgame was, the dude's a horse. Okay, He is a 
big dude, and he can handle a lot, and he wants to take a lot on him. And Bronco told the players a couple weeks ago, you guys can get healthy in January. You can rest up in January. We've got to get this thing done. And, and this is a grind right now. Um, and it's going to take every hour of this week to get Taysom ready to play again on Friday night. But something special about athletes like that, they, they thrive on the, on, on, on the need to be at their best when their team wants them that way. And I, I, I think it's a great quality that he has. And then physically, he's able to, uh, he's able to withstand it. We had Taysom on the show on Monday, and he's in here with his bloody lip. And, uh, he's Did you got... see he showed us a picture last night on his the showed... surf burn? No, no, the, 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 the piece gum of gum hanging over his tooth. He showed us a picture on the coach's show last night on his cell phone. Uh, he Ugh. said he took a fingernail, I think when the guy face-masked him yeah. and yanked his head back, he got a fingernail in his mouth and it ripped the top of his gum oh. and it was just hanging over his tooth. And, <laughs> we and didn't even had, see his teeth they, when they, he came they in. They had to slice it off and it was, I mean, he was telling us a story last wow. night. Then he showed us the picture and, and you know, that that's just one of the more visible things. There was the leg burn at the start and then just hit after hit. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like to get yourself ready to go again the next week. Dude's a warrior, man. I, I he really is. is. And I know the you dude's were, a horse. The dude's is a horse. Whatever you want to call him, warrior horse. And I know, Greg, you you were on his high side during the the critical times in those games that BYU lost to Utah and and then uh, didn't really show up against Virginia, and you saw something in him. What what was it that you saw in Taysom where you like, look, slow down, he's going to be such a special player? Well, I, I think I saw all I needed to see in, in the two starts he made last year. And, and while the Hawaii game was more offensively productive than the Utah State game, you could tell you were dealing with a special athlete, and not just a guy that could run fast. You knew there were passing skills. He was a 59% thrower last year, and you expected that number to go up. And I still think that by the end of this season, he can improve on last year's 59%. He can still get to 60. The, the, the path he's climbing on right now, he can get there. Um, I, I, I don't think uh, you know Jim Harbaugh would have been as anxious to get him to Stanford if he was just a one-trick pony. Right. Um, and, and, and so... I, the, the throwing skills were there and are there. He was hoping to improve, of course, on his accuracy from last year. But 59 was not a, a terrible number to have in only two starts and, and six games. You have to understand, he went through months where he couldn't do his. He, he couldn't perform his craft. He couldn't improve himself. He he he, he was re, he was rehabbing a serious injury. So so without the benefit of that off season, and and then. Having everything thrown on your plate in a very short span of time, um, courtesy of Robert and I's new offense and all the things they were demanding of him, and the fact that you had an offensive line that still to this day is not set, uh, all of these things coming together, there had to be uh, expectation of of maybe a steep a steeper growing curve than everybody anticipated, and. Um, you know, I, I thought it was you know kind of silly that that some you know would ask, and is it time to go to Ammon Olson? Is it time to? You know, there's absolutely no way that it's time. He's he's going to be your backup in case something happens to Taysom. That's the only, and that and that's no that's no slam on anybody that's a backup quarterback. They've proven valuable uh, for you know every program in the country at one time or another. But he's your guy, and he's not just a guy. He's a special special athlete, and I think special quarterback, not just athlete. He can be a special quarterback, and I think by the time he's done, he'll have put up. Uh, running and passing numbers that that will leave people wondering, you know, how are we ever going to do it without this guy? He's he's leading the cat. He's leading players like Teddy Bridgewater and yeah, Jordan, Jordan Lynch and James Winston, James Winston, yeah. Boyd, and all those and, guys. And, and you look at, you know, I, I I love the runs from scrimmage number. You expect a running back to have the most long runs from scrimmage, and it's quarterback Taysom Hill. Now, in some sense, you you go, well, it makes sense because there's there, there's a player unaccounted for. The quarterback has more room to run. But that said, uh, when Taysom Hill takes off, it's usually uh, it's usually going to be for a substantial gain and not just a couple of yards. 
I love that stat, and it's he's number one in the country, Taysom Hill, with 37 plays of 10-plus rushing yeah. yards, tied for second nationally with four plays of 40-plus yards. Lost in the shuffle of the Houston game with so many rich storylines was the fact that Cody Hoffman ties the TD record. He breaks the career reception record. We've been discussing this the past couple of weeks. Where does he sit in your mind in BYU history? Well, if, if Austin Collie had played a fourth season, he would have put numbers so far out of reach that, anybody, that nobody could reach them. So I think, I think Austin Collie, to me, still occupies um, a certain place um, among BYU receivers because of the fact that he did it in only three seasons. Yeah. And, and, and so to me, I, I guess if I were to say just in terms of just straight up who's the best wide receiver at BYU, I'd probably give it to Austin because he would have, again, another season and goodbye to all those records. Um, Same with Harvey Unga. Uh, similar, yeah, similarly, yeah, he he had he had uh, he he was kind of short a season, right? Um, and then you know Dennis Pitta, just in terms of pure catch numbers, that that's a pretty big record that Cody just broke. But I think Cody is right up there at the top, just because I I look at how many third downs he's converted over the last three seasons, how how much they've had to go to him. We're talking about, and I brought this point up on 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 our broadcast a couple of weeks ago. You look at Dennis Pitta and Austin Collie, and they caught most of their passes from one guy, Max Hall. It was Max, Max to Austin, Max to Dennis. There was some John Beck in there, um, and but but for the most part, it was one quarterback with his go-to guys. And Cody Hoffman has worked with Jay Keeps and Riley Nelson and James Lark, and now and now uh, Taysom Hill. He's had multiple quarterbacks, yeah. neither one who has occupied you know kind of the mainstay role for anything more than than, than a few games. Um, and Taysom Hill, will, of course, improve on that as he goes for the next two seasons. But Cody will be gone. So Cody's worked with different quarterbacks, and they've all said. Man, I'm glad I've got Cody because he's the guy I can throw it to when I need a big chain mover. Uh, he's the guy I go to when we need a big score, and and he's really been that. He's been the most um, the most called upon, I think, wide receiver at BYU in terms of in terms of crucial plays. Um, certainly since Austin Collie, but I think maybe even all time in terms of how many big plays that go to him for. So uh, if Austin's number one, Cody's one A, and 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 these numbers he's earning are totally legit. And and again, you're if you can get him over four seasons, that means. You played early. It means you did something early as a freshman, and he did. Um, and, and that says something for a guy, too. A lot of receivers don't get their chances till they're juniors or seniors. And Cody was in from the get-go and contributed every single year. So I'll go Austin 1 and, and Cody 1A really close at the top. Greg Rebell, radio voice of the BYU Cougars, joining BYU Sports Nation right now. This The discussion we need to have next time when Greg's in studio is BYU's fantasy football lineup. Who's, who's the that's starting a, that's quarterback? That's a summer topic when yes. we're killing time post-spring football. I mean, you know, Ky- we, we thought about this. Kyle Chilton and I uh, <laughs> thought we could do um, like a, a, a basketball, a fantasy basketball draft, a BYU all-time draft. You get um, you get twelve guys, and you go one, you know, you know, pick one, pick two, and you kind of go back and forth, and and, and you know what what twenty-four guys you'd end up with on, or maybe thirteen players each. Want to go with scholarships, but you could end up with two fictitious, you know, BYU basketball teams in a draft setting. You could do for football too, um, and it, it would take a lot of it would take a lot of insight to get your lineman, for example, your offensive yeah. lineman. Oh, man. But uh, that'd be that'd be fun if you do do that. Involve me in some way, maybe even as a commissioner. But I'd love to be involved. I yeah, can all fun. but guarantee that's going to happen. That's going to happen during the summer. Okay, <laughs> that's going to happen. And, and maybe you could go like team it up, like you know, two guys on one side, two on the other. There's some brain power involved, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll, I'll get one of you guys, and you guys can find another partner, and then maybe Dave McCann. We can go from there. We'll get our draft yeah. experts, Alan Deerfield, Tate McClanahan, yeah. Yeah. Kent North yeah. involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really quickly, Greg, we've focused a lot of time on Taysom Hill and BYU, and for good reason. 
What makes Boise State a unique matchup this year? A lot of people say, well, they're not the Boise of old. They're still 5-2. and two. Uh, their, one, their two losses have come against a very good Washington team on the road to open the season and a one-point loss Fresno to 15th-ranked State. Fresno State. Why is Boise State still dangerous? Well, what's most interesting about them is that uh, two really successful head coaches, and Chris Peterson and Bronco Mendenhall, um, decided to just overhaul their offenses in the offseason. And, and both of them went to, well, BYU more so, but um, um, a, a ride and decide or a zone read mentality. And, and Boise, you know, went the same direction too. They, they, they went away from, from their multiplicity and their motion and, and, and went a little more to this, you know, to this new wave of offense. And then by losing Joe Southwick, they go even more that direction. So to me, the most intriguing thing is in Grant Hedrick, you've got somebody now that is going to try and out Taysom Taysom, I think, on, on Friday night. But he doesn't have, um, even though Taysom's only making his 10th start, Hedrick doesn't have even that level of experience at this point. And uh, so we'll be curious to see how he responds. Um, you know, the throwing number, the throws they're asking him to make right now are all close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, he was 18 for 21 last yeah. week, but the, but the yardage number was very, very low. And and uh, and his runs, uh, I think at 115 yards, 75 or 80 yards came on two carries, and they were just when he broke contain. It was it was not they weren't even running plays. They were designed pass plays. He's in the pocket, feels a little bit of heat, takes off, and he's gone. And so if if BYU can contain Hedrick that way, now Jay Ajayi, it's funny if you look at Jay Ajayi, the, the running back for Boise State, he and Taysom Hill's rush numbers are almost identical hmm. through seven games, from carries to yards. It, it's like one guy's a running back, one's a quarterback, but those two guys are clearly the main ground gainers. But but Boise doesn't have Jamal Williams. They don't have the second guy. Um, they, they have one go-to running back, and they hit him a lot. And BYU's got the dual threat with Williams and Taysom Hill. I think that will be the difference in this game. And I, I looking at the box score from last year, it's just funny to a giant Williams. Nothing had funny one, about last year's box score. Yeah. <laughs> nice one carry each for a giant Jamal, and they're going to have a huge impact. By yeah. the way, I tweeted out a picture. Um, I want you to take a look at this. This is the picture I tweeted out for you today. Can you just man exp- You've got kind of. Purple, purple ruffles on your left wrist. Is that a Halloween and costume? aviators or burgundy, something. Burgundy velvet what, tie. It, at Jerem Jordan, I tweeted this out a few minutes Where ago. Where did you get that? <laughs> the internet. I just, Greg Rebell, BYU. Oh. I did, um, add, I did add funny when I Googled that, but yeah. That was just me at church last week, actually. Um, <laughs> if you missed it, but, check it uh, out. This is a great photo. Oh, Wow. The internet. It's a great thing, isn't it? <laughs> Rarely do you leave, Greg Rebell Speechless. I have done that. Oh. It's a slippery slope. Greg Rebell, you mm. can listen to him. <laughs> BYU's pregame coverage against Boise State starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Mountain, right here on I need BYU better P- Radio. I need better PR people. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need gatekeepers out there. By the way, the, the Houston game is go, uh, going to be rebroadcast tonight again, 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU I've seen it twice TV. already on rebroadcast. I keep watching it whenever it shows up. I've seen it twice already this week. Hard not to watch. Instant classic, It's compelling. Right? Yeah. Compelling and rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, coming up. You stay up. classy, Spencer and Jenny. <laughs> we will do that. You mean Kent North. <laughs> BYU trying to become bowl eligible against Boise State on Friday. Up next, we delve into Big Deal or no deal. Plus a little Cougar basketball. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. It's a really helpful-oriented team defense. Uh, I think our guards this year are a little more athletic, and so we're putting a lot more uh, responsibility on our guards. We're, we're better in man than we are in zone, and that wasn't the case this time last year. BYU basketball coach Dave Rose at practice last night. Tonight, BYU Hoops featured on BYUTVSports.com. Watch men's basketball in the Cougar tip-off with myself, Spencer Linton, or Kent North. 
And David Nixon on the call starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Mountain. Tonight, live on BYUTVSports.com. Our next day guest, how about Gary Cavalli, executive director of Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. He'll join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, as well as the play-by-play man from Boise State. Bob Beeler. Yeah, should be good. Uh, what a great name, Bob Beeler. Bob Beeler. That's his legit name. What does BYU <laughs> need to do on Friday to impress the nation is our poll today. The results look like this, 58%. Leading the way, win by 17-plus. So, beat Boise handily, leading the way for BYU fans. Really? So, if BYU beats Boise State, let's say BYU wins 24-21. I think people will be happy, but if you want to impress the nation, which is the question you do that. By the way, we, we asked you to send in your anchor names, which is your middle name plus a street name uh, you grew up on. So far, here's some of our team. So, I'm Tate McClanahan uh, with... Kent North here, Michael Blue Jay, Christopher Old Coventry, and Forest Hills, Morton East, Boyd Westview, James Quayle, Mike Kelly to Ponce, Claire West, Matthew Schaefer, and Don John Carroll. Shout out to Lynn Lane as well. I got a few more right here. <laughs> we look Frank at Solomon. A- again, please tweet him in if you haven't already. Your middle name and the street you grew up on. This comes from at Kent Johnson for Alan Eisenhower. Uh, at Triple Crown Coog. He says, I moved a lot as a kid. Should I be David Palmer, Dave Montgomery, Dave Estralita, or Davey Glen Eagle? I would go with <laughs> Glen Eagle. I would go with the Latin name because that that gives you a lot of traction in the news. The Cougar fans in Utah are saying, This doesn't work for us. We lived on numbered street names. <laughs> Somebody, East or north or yeah, south. Some, or somebody west. was seven hundred. You compared that to Andre three thousand. Yeah, Andre three thousand, exactly. You can make it work, right? <laughs> Oh, we like to do this each week where we discuss five topics and we we determine whether it's a big deal or no deal. Cue the music, Aaron. Big deal. No deal. Taysom Hill's touches. On 57.2% of BYU's offensive plays, Taysom Hill is either throwing or running the ball. Jerem Jordan, is that a big deal or no deal? I think it's a big deal. I don't think that BYU can last and keep him injury-free if he has that many touches. I want to share something with you. I, I want to open up, get emotional, maybe even cry. Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota versus Taysom Hill. Oh, Percent- now it's serious. Percentage of rushes and passes for their team versus Taysom Hill. Who do you think has the most of those three guys? Well, I'm the gonna, highest percentage. I'm going to guess it's Taysom because it's been it ridiculous. It is. 57%. The next closest guy is 12% away. What? Who is it? Is it Johnny Manziel or Marcus Mariota? I'm going to say Mariota. It is at 45. Johnny Manziel only accounts for 40% of the rushes and passes for Texas A&M. Weird, right? So who's, more, who's more crucial to their team? Taysom Hill. That's a, here's what I mean, though. It, Greg Bell was right. He was on the show a moment ago if you missed it. In the heat of battle against Houston... You just need to win that game, no matter what the number of touches is, whatever. There's going to be games where BYU's going to be up, they're not going to need Taysom, and they're not going to use him as much. They're not, don't run, don't run. It's, it's, get a first down, whatever, but don't go crazy. He went crazy on Saturday, which it was awesome, and BYU needed it. But it's a big deal, and BYU can't have it that much the rest of the season, in my opinion. Your quarterback is a strong kid. You got the opposing coach from Boise State comparing him to a linebacker. But still, you need to limit it to a degree, or else something's going to happen. I mean, he, I don't care who you are. You, Superman 
has kryptonite, okay? Taysom Hill might be a Superman-type performer, but even he will have kryptonite, and that comes in taking too many hits. And BYU doesn't have the same amount of playmakers as Texas A&M and Oregon, I understand that, so they have to lean on Taysom a little more. But it's going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt later. Okay, we move on now to topic number two within this big deal or no deal. And that is offense for Boise State. Listen to this. BYU, or W's rather, BYU has never beaten Boise State in their three previous attempts. Big deal or no deal? No deal. 2003, BYU loses 50-12. to 2004, BYU loses by one, 28-27. Matt Payne misses a field goal. 2012, BYU loses 7-6. to No deal because... Those, the last two were by one point, whatever. Those three meetings have nothing to do with this. Boise State thinks they're the big brother, right? But BYU, they're coming into BYU's Lavelle Edwards Stadium with momentum. Kyle Vannoy called out the fans and said, hey, you got to come here. I got a tweet from a fan in Tennessee saying, we're, ad- we're adhering to the call. We're flying in for the game to come uh, support BYU. No deal. BYU's uh, ready for Boise State on Friday. Okay, well, the question is, not whether BYU is ready for Boise State or not. Yeah, I, I think the Cougars are ready to play Boise State in front of a ESPN national audience as well. But they, they've never beat them. To me, it's that's only three a, times. That's a big deal. They're, Boise State is coming in with the, as Blaine Fowler referred to it on BYU Sports Nation yesterday, the big brother mentality over Utah. An Idaho team the state has, of Utah. has big brother mentality over the state of Utah. The Broncos are 21-0 and against BYU and other Utah teams. They've never lost. So yeah, it's a big deal, and if BYU wins, they can certainly change the landscape of something that has always gone in Boise State's favor. Now our third topic, allowing the big play. BYU's defensive backs certainly tested, exposed against Houston's really fast athletic receivers. They gave up multiple big plays. Big deal or no deal? No deal. Because it hasn't happened enough to strike fear into my heart against BYU's defense. The secondary has struggled at times, but... It's not been enough to greatly affect a game. The third and 22, that's a, that's a team effort as opposed to the secondary struggling, which is kind of the focus for me. Texas, they put up a couple of deep balls. I'm not concerned. I don't think BYU is going to face a better team uh, offensively than maybe Houston in the year. They did some really nice things. Boise State has a redshirt junior quarterback who's making his first career start. I ain't scurred. BYU's not going to face a better... How about James Aberderis in Wisconsin? Through the air, that's one dude. They put put a safety on them. Make them throw to the other guys. BYU had safeties on the field against Houston. They got, but no, the the one where there was the sixty nine yarder. There's no safety there. Blake Morgan gets pushed. Uh, Isn't Blake or, Morgan a safety? Yes, but he he was lined up one on one with the guy. There was no corner there. Okay, well, for me, it's a concern because if you give up big plays and you give up multiple big plays, certainly the coaches are addressing that in practice. I I can guarantee Nick Howell is not looking at that and saying, eh. Not a big deal. It is a big deal. BYU will address those concerns. Topic four in Big Deal or No Deal. Just winning, baby. At 86.9%, Boise State has the highest winning percentage of any team in FBS history since the year 2000. Tate McClanahan, big deal or no deal? In the year 2000. <laughs> Go to no, Brad. <laughs> I think it's no deal. I don't, I don't think that that has very much, uh, if anything, any bearing at all on this game. I think that it's more about Grant Hedrick and what he can do offensively against BYU's defense than it is that they've won all these games since the year 2000. Who cares what they did 20, 2000 to 2012? It's all about what this year's team against this year's BYU team. 
BYU beating Boise State will have national waves because Boise State is a winning program. So it is at least somewhat of a deal. I don't know if it's a big deal, but certainly the fact that Boise State is the winningest FBS team since 2000 is the reason a lot of people are going to watch on Friday night. So it is a big deal. BYU knocking off the Broncos. Look, it wouldn't. if Boise State wasn't a big deal, then nobody would care about that game. And finally... Last topic within Big Deal or No Deal. We're going bowling! With a win on Friday, BYU becomes eligible for the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. They would have six wins. Big Deal or No Deal? Mediocre programs talk about bowl eligibility. Good programs talk about getting 9 to 11 or 12 wins. The fact that BYU is going to be bowl eligible is a note, but it's not a big deal. I think it's no deal. The fact that BYU is going to go to a bowl game, no deal. BYU's done this eight seasons in a row. Let's quantify this a bit. Eight games into this schedule this year, if I said to you, Jerem Jordan, a.k.a. Tate McClanahan, BYU is bowl eligible after they beat Boise State. You're on par with where I thought BYU would be. I thought BYU would have one or two losses going into November. So not a big deal to you? Even no. Considering that it's only eight games into the season? Going to a bowl game is not a big deal. You only have to win six games. You could, be, you could go six and six and go to a bowl game. What's big about that? You know what is a big deal? What? Not going to a bowl game. That's if correct, you're BYU. because you're terrible if you don't. BYU has a chance to get bowl eligible against the Broncos on Friday night. Can they take down Boise State? And there is the bell. Very quickly, let's get some more of your uh, tweets coming up after the break. And, of course, your Cougar whip around. And who gets today's rise and shout a number of people up for grabs? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around basketball. Tonight, the men's team will play in the Cougar Tip-Off. Watch it on BYUTVSports.com at 9 p.m. Eastern with Spencer Linton and David Nixon on the call. Again, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYUTVSports.com. Jimmer Fredette also. The Kings host uh, Golden State tonight. Two more preseason games left for Sacramento before the season opens next Wednesday. Jimmer shooting 62% from three. Is that good? And is, yes. And is scoring 13 points per game in the preseason. Soccer. The 25th ranked Cougars, I should say 24th ranked Cougars now after yesterday's poll, beat Loyola Marymount 2-0 Saturday night. West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Erica Owens, now leading BYU to the Great Northwest for their most challenging road trip of the season. The Cougars at Gonzaga tomorrow, and then a crucial matchup with first place and sixth ranked Portland on Saturday. Repeat league title hopes for BYU on the line. Women's Volleyball. The 19th ranked Volleyball team has won 12 in a row after a pair of wins last week. The Cougars play at Pacific and St. Mary's Thursday and Saturday. Executive Director of the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, Gary Cavalli, will be in Provo to watch BYU and Boise State. He will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. And Bob Beeler, Boise State's play-by-play man, in the house on BYU Sports Nation. Send out a rise and shout. It goes to BYU kicker Justin Sorensen, named FBS Independent Special Teams Player of the Week. After a season-long 41-yard field goal, Two of two uh, through the uprights against Houston, which was big in a close game. He's 11 of 13 on the season. Last year, he was 6 of 12 for the year. And now he's 11 of 13. A, a, a smaller storyline that should be talked about. Justin Sorensen gets today's rise and shout. And the final poll results. 
What does BYU need to do on Friday to impress the nation? Win by 17-plus wins at 56%. Okay, let's very quickly get to some of the tweets in regard to what you feel BYU needs to do. And at Joshua F. Jensen says, a Georgia Tech-type win. We move on to at So Corny. Win by controlling the game on offense and defense from beginning to end. Also at Laser Sheep, he said, making the Broncos look silly would get attention. Blow up every trick play, Ziggy style. At Sports Bros, a convincing win is necessary. Big numbers and dominating performance. At F. Ruiz 801, a dominate and complete game by BYU would really help national perception. Yeah. Big, big thanks to today's guest, Greg Rebell, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer, A.A. Ron Evans. Check out archived episodes of this show on demand every afternoon at youtube.com slash BYU Radio. For Jerem Jordan, a.k.a. Tate McClanahan, I am Spencer Linton slash Kent North. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.